Pastor Ed Taylor shares the vision of Calvary Aurora, which we should all be engaged in as believers. The vision of our church is evangelism. God has put us in this city to seek and to save the lost. That's why we're here. Many of you walked into the doors of this church lost. Many of you tuned in on the radio lost. But the lost have been found. And God is continuing to bring people to salvation through Jesus Christ, through his church. That you would see your cubicle as a pulpit unto the Lord, your car, your neighborhood, that you are the church. We don't just come to church. We are the church. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You lay down your life. That I would be set free. Oh, Jesus, I sing for. Maybe like myself, you get nostalgic at times. We remember the good old days and perhaps even wish it was still like that today. Well, here on Abounding Grace, we'll learn that there's nothing really wrong with loving the past, but we'll be challenged to live for the future. What does the Lord want for you here in 2019 and beyond? And are you living out your purpose? Let's think that through with Pastor Ed Taylor as he continues our series, Loving the Past, Living the Future. We're in Ephesians 3. As you think about the good old days, the second question I'll ask you is, as you're talking about it, I'm going to say, yeah, I know there are good old days, but what have you done lately? What have you done lately? How far back do we need to go for the good old days? How far back? Does it have to be a year? Does it 10 years ago? Is it 20 years ago? What are you doing now? Now, I love, you know, for us as a church, we have a rich heritage that is rooted in the Jesus movement of Southern California in the 60s. Uh, they, it, it wasn't isolated to Calvary Chapel, but Calvary Chapel was a huge part of it with a man by the name of Pastor Chuck Smith. You hear him on Grace FM. Pastor Chuck Smith has graduated into heaven, but man, we still love and appreciate him in so many ways. And I've been reading a lot about that because here's the thing about our past. In our past, the gospel was poured out on a group of people known as the hippies. Do you guys know what hippies are? Yes? No? I'm not a hippie. I wasn't even alive back then. So when I look back, I'm really eager. I want to know about it. I've been reading a lot. I've been reading a lot, especially the book by Pastor Greg Laurie called Jesus Revolution. Unbelievably stirring that the Lord has used his life to stir. And I love to hear it. I love to hear all the stories. I love to hear how it was, the outpouring of the Spirit, how messy it was, and how the Lord showed up. But you know, I wasn't there. I, I didn't experience it. And I believe that what God did in the past, God wants to do now. That he's not done. That it's not just rooted back 40 years ago, that God is working now and he's still wanting to do something fresh. That there's still room for revival in our country, there's still room for revival in our world, and it really just starts with us. There's room for revival in you. And the last thing you want to do is become complacent and comfortable and get comfortable with just church attendance, perhaps, or just reading your Bible sometimes. And when God brought us here, he's done great things. 
oh, I've had my fair share of painful moments for sure. But God has been good. He's been gracious to us. Faithful, even when we are faithless. And he's fulfilled and is fulfilling his calling to me and through me to teach you the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter, book by book. That won't change. Our commitment to you is to disciple you, as we'll see in a moment, to build you up. God created the role of pastor teachers so that you might be edified, that you might be built up, you might be strengthened, you might learn more about the love and the grace of Jesus Christ and fall in love with him and surrender your life to him. And so we started that first service and God has blown my mind. If you would have told me what we'd be a part of, I just wouldn't have believed you. I wouldn't have believed it. I came here just thinking, you know, if, if we see enough people to come that maybe I would quit my full-time job in the corporate world and just dedicate myself to teaching that group, you know, maybe a church of 100, 150 people, adults, that would have been fine with me. It would have been more than enough for me. It would have been glorious. You know, I've shared with you before, when we opened our home and started the Bible study, there were nights when zero people showed up. I'm just like, Lord, what are we doing? Why did we move here? And he was just testing my heart as he continues to test and as he continues to grow. And so I asked you to open Ephesians chapter 3, as I told you we'd get there eventually, because I want to remind you of a glorious truth from God, that he's still doing this. Even for those of you that feel beat down or maybe you have become religious and you've left your first love, we can't leave the purpose of his church. And in Ephesians chapter 3, I draw your attention to verse 20. It says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be the glory in the church by Jesus Christ, to all generations, forever and ever. Amen. He means this. God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can think or ask. But have you been thinking about God working in your life lately? Have you been asking? Have you been seeking? God, this is what I see in my life. I want to please you. I want to honor you. I want to use my job to glorify you. I want to use my relationships. God, how do you want to use me? I want you to go farther and beyond what I'm currently at. And that's where comfort comes in. We don't ask anymore. We go through the motions. We just find ourselves in a place of religion and not in a place of pressing in. I believe God wants us to ask and think great things in this city, in our lives, to bring glory to his name. And we do have a lot ahead. Been discipled. I've been discipled to take ventures of faith, to step out and see what God might do. I've been discipled to constantly experiment and just see what God might want to do. You see, the, the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ never changes. We are committed to teaching you through the Bible, to take the Bible. See, now, if you're new to this church and you're unfamiliar with something known as expository teaching, then, then I want to explain that to you because most churches, they teach from the Bible. And what that means is, is they take a verse or a section and they teach from the Bible and usually they do it through a topical series and you go, you're thinking right now, but Ed, isn't that what you're doing in the month of January? Yes, but it's temporary. I'm not opposed to that type of teaching and I praise God that people use the Bible. And sometimes we do need to emphasize a particular topic, but not on a steady diet. What you need in a steady diet is through the Bible. 
the way God wrote it, the way God delivered it, in the context that he gave it, and with the meaning that he had not only for the audience, but for us that are living now many thousands of years. The Bible is the most relevant book on the earth. It's living and powerful. And so my prayer is always to teach the Bible and not make it boring. Because if you ever get bored in a Bible study, that's my fault. Because the Bible is not boring. God is not boring. He is on the move. And he's always working in our lives. So that would be my fault if I did that. And so we're committed to it. The, the message never changes. But guys, the methods have to change. They have to change. Like for example, in a real simple way. If you went downstairs after the service and say, can I get a copy of the message, the Bible said, I want to give it to a friend. They are not going to give you an eight-track tape. Now, some of you are like, what's that? Okay, cassette tape. You guys know what a cassette tape is? You're not going to get a cassette tape. Right now, we have CDs, but pretty soon, we're probably not going to have those anymore either. You know why? Because we get thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people listening to our Bible studies on their phone. It used to be on the web, but now it's on their phone. We can track it. We can see what they're listening to. We can see what, how, how many times they're listening to it. Like technology has in, surpassed this that if we were still just giving you eight-track tapes, we would be missing an audience. And so the methodologies change. And what we have to learn is, is that we're experiencing, experimenting with different methodologies or whatever, as long as we're not watering down the gospel, not taking away the word of God, not preaching the true gospel of Jesus Christ where there's power, then, you know, the methods change because, because we are not carrying flip phones anymore. How many of you are carrying an iPhone or an Android device right now? How many of you guys have one? Just look around the room. A lot of people have them. How many of you are not carrying it? Okay, 10 years ago, they invented the smartphone. And they said it would never take off. They said it was innovative, but it was too expensive, and it would never take off. And now a majority of the world carries a smartphone. And you go, what's the point? The point is this. There's change all around us. Whether we adapt to it or not, change is a coming. And it happens all around us. And how careful we need to be that as we adapt to various changes, we never mess with the gospel. It needs no improvement. It needs not to be watered down. The gospel and the sure, true teaching of the word must go forward. And that is something we're committed to. And already you see changes around the church, different things going on, and it's great, and it's grand, and it's wonderful. But Jesus must stay at the center. God sent his son Jesus for the salvation of souls. He didn't send Jesus for buildings or ministries or dirt or technology or coffee. Jesus came for souls. And we can never forget why we've been put in this city. And before we get to a reminder of the vision of our church, I want to speak to you personally for a moment because one of the biggest change, changes you probably will experience is going to be in me. And it's already been happening through 2018. 2018 was a very strong year for me, personally. Um, if you're new to the church, you may not be aware of this, but it's worth understanding where I've come from. In May of 2013, our oldest son died, tragically. And with his death, I almost died. It almost destroyed me. I mean, still even to this day, there's not a day that goes by that my heart doesn't ache for my son. I miss him. You know, he and I, we planted the church together. I mean, he came out with as much faith as I did. He was a state trooper. He found his calling. 
we raised a cop. <laughs> a punk like me in jail all the time raised a cop. You got to love the Lord like that. And he loved what he was doing. He enjoyed, he was a state trooper here in Colorado and, and it was a tragic sudden death and, and there's still things surrounding his death that cause us pain every day even to this day and, and it almost wiped me out. I know what the psalmist says. I understand where the psalmist says, my feet almost slipped. I mean, I have to say that my feet probably did slip many, many times. And there were seasons in the last five years, you know, really prior to 2018, where I didn't really even know if this was my calling in life. I questioned everything about my life. And that, that reflected in my Bible studies. It reflected in my leadership. I mean, it, it actually diluted my leadership, which is not necessarily a bad thing because one of the things that you guys have stuck around, because many of you did stick around, uh, that you learned that the church is not about Ed Taylor, that God, is, Jesus Christ, is the shepherd of his church, and he doesn't need me. Uh, he'll choose to use me, but he doesn't need me, and so that's great. Not everyone stuck around. Not everybody liked it. Not everybody liked to see me hurting, or not everybody wanted a pastor. Would, you never knew when he was going to cry. Not everybody wanted that, and people left, and I understand that. And, and I didn't know when it was going to end either. I mean, I don't, think, I don't think the grieving part has ended because, you know, anyone that grieves, you understand it's like getting sucker punched every day, every moment of every day. And just when you think you've got a day, you turn around and somebody punches you and then kicks you and then you've got ministry things. As I was sharing with a friend yesterday, you know, most people have the privilege of grieving privately, but a pastor has no choice but to grieve publicly. Because God wants to use our lives as a demonstration of his power and his strength. And so I was weakened by this loss in my life. I was weakened. It was, it was a hard, hard years. So much so, I just recently received an email or a letter. I don't remember which. I can't find it. So I'm really eager to find it so I could quote it. But I'm going to paraphrase it for you. I received a letter recently from a gentleman that after my son passed away, he left upset. He actually wrote that in his letter. You know, something along the lines, Dear Pastor Ed, um, I used to go to your church with my family, uh, but after your son passed away, I left because I saw you as a weak man. And I didn't want to follow you as a weak man, so I left. And then as he goes on to share in his letter, which actually ends up being a very positive letter, and he says, but, you know, recently some things happened in his life where now he's hurting. And he writes at the end of his letter, I'm sorry, will you forgive me? Because I was wrong. You know, he wasn't entirely wrong. He did see a weak man. You bet. He did see a weak man. A man that was weakened to nothing, face down, no strength in his own abilities, no, no, no more leadership, no more vision. I mean, it's, I love the Lord. I'm teaching the Bible. I'm praying. I'm hanging on. But he did see. But, but his conclusion was wrong because it's okay to be weak. The Bible says, see, we read the Bible and we're like, whoa, man, I don't ever want to experience that. And what does Paul say? Paul says, I cried out till I had this thorn in my flesh. I cried out till I for him to remove it. And the answer was, I'm not removing it because it's in your weakness that my strength is made perfect. So he was half right. There was weakness. You bet, I don't, there's still weakness in my life. I don't try to ignore it or deny it or cover it up. I've always been... Uh, I believe, to the best of my ability, a pastor that is transparent and open. And that's only increased. It hasn't decreased in my life. And I acknowledge that our church is for anyone, but not everyone. It's okay. 
I'm going to serve the people that God has given me to serve and continue to love and teach and, and just watch God, what he's doing, because the ministry is about the Lord. It's not about us. But for those of you that have endured through that, God is renewing my strength. He is renewing purpose and passion in me. As I described it to some missionary friends of mine recently, I said, I'm sensing a second wind in my life, a, a, a renewed purpose that, that I believe the best days of our church are ahead of us, not behind us. I believe the best days of our city are ahead of us and not behind us. I believe that God is not done with any of us. That I believe that God, as he says, that his thoughts are not evil toward us, but they're good for a future and a hope. And the greatest thing that we can expect as the best is yet to come is the return of Jesus Christ. Is there not one thing in your life that would not be solved with the return of Jesus Christ? <laughs> I mean, that's it. We're in his presence. We're like, yes, Lord, the promise is fulfilled. And whether we're strong or weak, our church must remain focused on the Lord. That we not only want to introduce unbelievers to Jesus, but we want to stay focused. So what's the vision of our church? Well, it's just one word. If you're jotting it down, you should. The vision of our church is evangelism. That's our heart. You know, it hasn't always been that way. But I came back from a Calvary Chapel conference many years ago. And one of the pastors was sharing the passionate vision of evangelism and going after the lost. And that's our heart. God has put us in this city to seek and to save the lost. That's why we're here. Many of you walked into the doors of this church lost. Many of you tuned in on the radio lost. But the lost have been found. And God is continuing to bring people to salvation through Jesus Christ, through his church that you would see your cubicle as a pulpit unto the Lord, your car, your neighborhood, that you are the church. We don't just come to church. We are the church. And our vision is evangelism with three responsibilities. Jot them down. Win, disciple, and send. Number one, we have a responsibility to win a person to Jesus Christ. Every opportunity is an opportunity to share the love of Jesus Christ, to build a bridge so that we might bring them back to the cross. To win a person to Jesus Christ. In Mark chapter 16, verse 15, it says, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That's what the Bible says. Go into all the world and preach the gospel, church. And that's our mandate, our responsibility. We have been saved to share the good news. Secondly, once a person's saved, we have a responsibility to disciple them. That's a Bible word that literally means to learn. We're to make learners and followers of Jesus Christ. That's why we emphasize the Bible. The number one tool that God uses in discipleship is not a class, not a man. It's his word illuminated by the Holy Spirit. That if you just committed for 2019 to come to church and to pay attention to the Bible study and take notes, I promise you on the authority of God that at the end of 2019, you will be a different person. Why? Because God has worked his word into your heart and change you from the inside out. That if you will surrender to him, the best discipleship you receive in this church is the teaching of the word of God, week after week. And you know, when you do something week after week, week after week, it starts to become familiar to you, and then you don't pay attention anymore, and then you just like get through it, and how long is he gonna go over this time, and what's for lunch, and you got this chipotle burrito over your head. And you're just like, I don't know, should I get guac or not? I don't know. 
And it's just so quick, we take out, we just so, but, but this is the time you have dedicated, you know, you've, pointed, you've come to worship the Lord, God has come to disciple you. And he'll meet you here. And then thirdly, we have a responsibility to send out those that have been discipled. That's all of us. We have come in to be sent out. We're going to be heading out in just a few minutes. We're going to go out into a lost and dying world. Why? So that God might use us. It's not like we can make more money or develop our career or to have a bigger house or to have 10 cars. As many of the things that God might allow in your life, they're only tools to build a bridge with people. So you're into cars. Fantastic. Use that hobby to build a bridge with unbelievers that aren't into cars. Use it for him. You, you got a big house. Invite people to stay with you. Have a Bible study in it. Fantastic. Use it all to the glory of God. But I'm telling you, as the years tick off in your life, as I see it I mean, in my own life, you know, I'm... I'm getting older. I feel it. I see it. I recognize it. And I embrace it. I embrace the years that God has given me. I'm grateful for them. I've learned a lot over the years. And I'm eager to find out what God's going to teach me, how many years he gives me. But I tell you this, as I get older, this is coming more clear. Now, you, you younger people, you guys that are in high school or even younger, junior high, you, you got to understand, only one life will soon be passed. And only what's done for Christ will last. And I'll tell you, it, you'll learn it young or you'll learn it old, but you'll learn it. Why not learn it serving the Lord and using everything that he entrusts to your care for the gospel? We're on this planet, this church. There's a lot of great churches in town and I rejoice and worship with them, but we're here for the sake of seeing souls saved. That's why God raised this church up. That's Pastor Ed Taylor on Abounding Grace, and we're in the midst of a three-part series called Loving the Past, Living the Future. You can hear it online anytime you'd like at calvaryaurora.org. Pastor Ed, in today's message, you underscored the vision of our church, and part of that is evangelism. As you said, that's something every believer should be involved in. But what would you say to the person who's struggling with thoughts of inadequacy or fear? Maybe they don't know what to say, or they fear what others might think or say if they did share their faith. Well, Larry, you know what I have found is that there is great fear when it comes to evangelism. There's fear in the person that's going to be shared with because they're afraid of somebody coming to them and talking to them about their life and about the essence of their soul. And of course, there's the fear of the person that's sharing, a fear of rejection, a fear of not knowing what to say, just like you shared. But I know that the Bible tells us in Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit's been given to us, it's not a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. And I believe if you just step forward and speak to the person about their life, like one of the best questions that you can ask in opening up a conversation with someone is, how can I pray for you? I have found that 99.9% of the people that, that I ask that question to will answer with a request. People are going through things, and like we learned from Pastor Greg Laurie, if we preach the gospel, we minister to the hurting, we will never lack an audience. And I know that many of you listening in are hurting right now, and, and part of the fear that you have is being hurt again. But I would encourage you, commit your life to the Lord and trust Him. He will be with you every step of the way, just like the disciples were told. When they were brought before the leaders, Jesus told them, don't worry about what you're going to say, because the Holy Spirit's going to give to you what you need in that moment. So stay strong and just go ahead, take that step of faith and start with that question. Is there anything 
how can I be praying for you? You'll be surprised at the answers. A great question to ask. Thanks for sharing that, Ed. Very helpful. At Abounding Grace, we're committed to delivering God's Word to stations like this every day. But we can't do it alone. We're very thankful for the listeners that come alongside us with financial and or prayerful support. And if you'd like to help us reach people with the love and truth of Christ, please visit calvaryaurora.org or call 877-30-GRACE. And as you give $25 or more today, we'll say thanks by sending you Married and How to Stay That Way by Steve Carr. Whether you're on the brink of divorce, not happy with the way things are going in your marriage, or looking for some tools to help take your relationship to the next level, this book is a must-read. It's written in a counseling style with practical encouragement. And there are group discussion questions at the end of each chapter, so this would work well in a small group Bible study. Call 877-30-GRACE or turn to calvaryaurora.org on the web to make a secure donation. Win, disciple, and send. That's what we're all about here at Calvary Aurora. We hope we've encouraged you to be involved in that as well. And join us tomorrow on Abounding Grace when Pastor Ed Taylor will show us our best days are ahead of us. This is amazing grace. Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor is brought to you by Calvary Church, Colorado. 